Hey, this is Shelly Zan, and this is the Impact Over Influence podcast. I hope that you receive whatever it is that God has for you today. So essentially the point of today is that we can't take material items to heaven with us. In heaven, statuses don't matter. In heaven, what we earn here on earth does not matter because we cannot take it with us. But what can be with us in heaven is other people. And I pray that today that you learn is this podcast, the name of it is Your Purpose on Purpose. We're going to talk about the purpose of bringing others with us to heaven. Um, we also know that, that their salvation isn't on us, but the way God can use us to bring them to salvation is the point. We worry way too much about our futures here on earth, y'all, instead of worrying about our eternities. This life is so short. Um, I think that we all know that, especially when we experience some sort of loss, we think like, man, that was quick. And it makes us reevaluate how how quick our lives are and how day to day what really matters. But then as time goes on, we fall back into our old traps, back into our old ways, focusing on other things than what we should. But today, I pray that we understand and that we focus on our purpose and know that we have to do it on purpose. Um, Purpose is something that we all struggle with at some point. I don't care what age you are, if you are in high school or you are retired, you, you, we all think about like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I fulfilled? Am I accomplishing whatever it might be? But I want you to know that in the grand scheme of things and what God says that our purpose is, is to live for him, seeking the kingdom of God, living a life that draws other people toward him. And that's what we're going to be really anchored in today. Um, but speaking of being anchored, by being anchored in the purpose God has for us, that's how we stay confident, y'all. Staying attached to that purpose, no matter our status, no matter our season, no matter our situation, that's what keeps us comfortable with growing our faith. I think that like when it comes to driving a car, me and Wesley, we um, have a lot of friends in West Texas now. I feel like we travel those roads so frequently. And so once you get further west, it's just a straight shot, right? Like you can just set the cruise, sit back, listen to the radio, whatever it may be. Like you're not, your attention is so different um, when everything is wide open out there than what you would say like in Houston or Dallas traffic. When you're like, okay, I got my exit right up there and I'm still two lanes over, right? Like it feels hectic. You feel like you're at the front of your steering wheel. You can't even listen to the radio if you're like me. Like, I don't know why. When I'm focused and driving, I can't even have the radio on. Like, I know my hearing has nothing to do with my seeing, but it feels that way, right? Because I'm just so aware. I'm looking to the right, to the left, in front of me, but still being aware of what's behind me. And I want you to know that that's why, that's how our faith is. Like, we have to be aware. There are seasons where we feel like we just have it on cruise control, but that never lasts because we enter into another big city right? We went, we enter in into another oppressing season or moment in our lives to where, man, we're just having so much go on right now. We feel chaotic at times, right? And so that's whenever we have to be aware of our faith. We have to understand what that is. Um, being a Christian is not always a smooth road. I think you can ask anybody and they're going to tell you that. Um, so we just have to be aware in our walks with Christ. Um, this particular episode, we're going to address um, some words that start with P. I don't know why that seemed to be um, the constant throughout this one, whenever I was studying these things, but we are going to talk about three words that start with P. And the first one is going to be our position. Um, what position are we in as Christians? I feel like in order to take full advantage of opportunities that God gives us, we need to be aware of what position we're in. We need to place ourselves in a position to be used despite our own circumstances and, and not be selfish in that, not be like, oh, you know, it's not really a good time for me to pray with you. Or no, it's not really a good time for me to talk about Jesus or share a scripture or whatever it might be. Like, we need to constantly be seeking a position that we can be in to be able to um, share the gospel of Jesus. So 
Um, to take advantage of that, though, I feel like we need to really observe um, the fact that we're new, we're new creations. In 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17, it tells us that like we are new now. But I want you to ask yourselves, do I look new? You know, I don't mean your appearance. I mean, like, do I look new? Like when I walk into a room, am I portraying the joy of Jesus Christ? Am I approachable? Am I um, aware? You know, what, what do you look like when you walk into a room? You know, do you have your arms crossed and your head down? Or do you have a smile on your face? You know, do others see something in you that they might want to have? You know, I think that a lot of times people don't approach us to want to know our our, our beliefs or, or our faith or our relationship with Christ. And I've been in this position so much, you know, like what they're seeing in me, they wouldn't want that anyways. You know, there have been so many times in my life where there was nothing about Jesus coming out of me, out of my mouth, out of my demeanor, out of my presence. So why would anybody want to approach me wanting whatever I have? You know, if we're walking around in doom and gloom and despair and, and chaos, all those things, nobody wants that in their life. So just ask yourself, man, like, what is my presence like? What am I like physical, physically? What am I like mentally? For sure, what am I like spiritually? Y'all, because there's warfare going on in realms we don't even see or know about. But I want for us to be aware of it. I want us to really encourage one another and, and try to have a presence about us that somebody else might want to see him so other people can see him. Um, I feel like it's our job to be able to express his character to know his character and to express it so that others can have it be visible. You know, um, I don't care if you're a person that's an introvert and you just don't do people, you know, like your position walking in a room is to get where you need to go without having to encounter anybody. But I just want to tell you that no matter if that's your personality or not, I'm going to tell you through scripture right here in second Timothy of why God didn't put that in you. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's shame you're carrying into a room, if it's neglect you're carrying into a room, but you need to know the spirit that God gave you when you walk in a room. Um, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Um, some versions, when I was saying the scripture, say self-discipline. Um, another one at Bible study the other day, she said rational. Um, so I want you to understand that. Like being frantic is not a spirit of God. Being timid and insecure, that's not the spirit of God. Being fearful, not the spirit of God. But power and love and self-discipline, those are the, that's what he placed in you. So you need to understand that when you walk into a room, you, you possess his power, right? Power changes things. That's what that is. That's what needs to be visible from others, especially non-believers in you. Love, acceptance. Those are those, that's what he wants to put in you. That's what he has put in you. I just want you to ask yourselves, am I displaying that? Um, the fact is that life isn't always rainbows though. So maybe you're asking right now, like, Shell, that's all great. And I know that God's put his power and love in me, but I'm going through something really, really hard right now. And I just don't understand how I'm supposed to walk in a room and to be able to have that come out outside of me, you know, that be what people see on the outward of me. But I'm just going to tell you that people aren't wanting you to only always be in rainbows because a rainbow comes after the storm. We know that life is going to throw us storms. What people want is to be able to relate to you in your hardships so that they can either take it into their life one day and they're going to remember how you were in that storm or because it's supposed to build them up right now in their moment. Or maybe they're supposed to build you up right then in that moment. But if you're portraying like, I'm just so blessed. You know, you walk into church and everybody's like, God is good. Life is great. I'm smiling, but I snatched my kids up in the car before I got out of here. Like, let's be real, y'all. Like, that's not, 
That's not the facts. That's not the truth. That's not honesty. People don't want for you to be perfect. They want for you to be real. And only do people want that out of you. God wants that out of you. If you're portraying in your relationship with Christ, like, you know what, Lord, everything's great. I'll just go to sleep and it'll be fine tomorrow. He knows that's not real. He wants for you to be real with him so that he can show up in a real way also. People want to see the real Jesus, but in order for them to do that, they have to see the real you. So I just want for you to know it's okay if you walk in a room and you do have his power, but you're just having a bad day. That's okay. But you can't neglect being around other people or reaching out to other people because God can't use you in those ways. God wants for you to walk in a room with assertion. He wants for you to walk in a room with boldness, all because that's how he can display himself inside of you. You know, people need to hear these stories because they also need to understand that they can see Jesus in you, not just whenever you're on a mountaintop. I think that that's an issue with what a lot of people have with testimonies is the testimonies that we share nine times out of 10 are things that have happened to us, not not testimonies of things that we're in. And that's what makes it hard because we think, oh, we can't display how Jesus showed up until he has shown up. But we're going to talk a little bit in a minute about Paul. And he talks about how God showed up right whenever he was in the middle of the valley. And so whenever I was reading these scriptures and talking about, you know, getting preparing for this episode, it really um, shined a light on that about how that's how we're supposed to be too, because God has a purpose in those things. They don't just want you to display God's power while you're on the mountaintop. They also want to see you display his power while you're in the valley. Sorry, I kind of got my words tongue-tied on that one, but just keep following with me. You know, the thing is that we can't display our lives as being perfect because then other people would think that they were falling short or they were having a different result in their relationship with Christ if theirs isn't that way. And that's just not the case. We can't portray ourselves as being perfect because then people are going to want that and they can't even have that because the only way that we can ever have anything perfect is because Christ is the one that was perfect. Okay. That's, that's, that's why they need him. They don't need you telling them how great everything is. They need you telling them how great God is. Okay. So you can use those opportunities to position yourself to be able to share the gospel. Um, Paul told us right in second Corinthians, I'm going to read it. Second Corinthians 12, seven. Um, he's basically just starting to tell people about why he can't be proud of anything of his own self. He talks about how he's had little and he's had much. He's had success and he's had failures. But he's starting to tell them about a situation that he has. And I'm going to start it in verse 7. It says, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pled with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul's saying right there, y'all. He's saying, look, the devil came and he put a thorn in my flesh. So let's think about a thorn. You know, like I've got a little girl and it's summertime right now. And if you live in the country like us, you got some sticker burrs. And for some reason, when you get one sticker burr in your yard, you go look up and you're going to have 30,000 sticker burrs in your yard. And so I think about McLaren, she's only three. And so if she gets a sticker, even after I pull that sticker out, y'all, it itches, it burns, right? And so she's like, mama, it's still in here. It's still in here. I'm like, no, baby, it's not in there. I've already removed it, but you just have the aftermath of the pain that it caused you, right? So that can be instances in our life too. Sometimes the thorn has been removed. Maybe the person that hurt us has been removed. Maybe the situation that hurt us or the cancer that was in us, it's been removed, but we're still suffering with some sort of pain from the aftermath of it. 
So Paul right here, he's saying, it ain't even the aftermath, y'all. It's still in me. And I've pleaded with God to take it away. But God won't take it away. But what Jesus did say, and the letters are in red, he says, no, let me tell you why you still have this thorn. Because my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. So back to 2 Timothy, when he says we're supposed to walk in a room with the spirit of power, that means in order to have power, for his power to be displayed, we might be feeling weak. And that's okay. It's okay if you feel if you feel weak. But you need to say, like, Lord, bring me your power. Because your power is made perfect whenever I feel weak. You know, whenever God gave him, allowed him, he didn't give him the thorn. He obviously said that the thorns come from where? The thorns are messengers from Satan. But God might let us have them there so that he can show up. Because God can display his power whenever we know that we need his strength. So what is your thorn? You know, I want you to ask yourself, what is my thorn? What is my weakness? What am I going through right now that makes me feel insecure and insufficient? You know, Paul describes these as being insults, hardships, persecution, difficulties. You know, what is that for you right now? Have you been pleading with God like, Lord, remove this? And he hasn't. I want you to know that his answer for why it hasn't been removed is because of what same thing that he answered Paul with, because his grace is sufficient for you. That means you still have his grace. You still have his favor on you even though you feel weak right now. You know, maybe your thorn, I, I started studying on what, what was Paul talking about? And, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it was a physical malady, if it was psychological anxiety, if it was opposition from somebody else. But I know that even if it could be all three of those things, I have suffered from those things. I've suffered from games going on in my head that the enemy's throwing at me. I've, I've suffered from things physically wrong with me whether it be health or, or brokenness or broken bone, whatever, you know, we've all suffered from opposition from somebody else, right? Somebody wanting to attack us, someone's body wanting to make us feel like we got to be defensive because they're against us. You know, those are all thorns. So what is that for you right now? You know, I think that as Christians, we assume that when we pray about something, God will immediately remove it instead of understanding that there might be a reason why we have it in the first place. You know, God grows us in hardships, right? That's why he, how he disciplines us, because he loves us. So it's not always because it's punishment. I think that in my in my life, you know, I think about my thorns. My One of my main thorns that is self-inflicted even, it's a sticker I choose to step on is my mouth. You know, I've I've been a liar. I've been a manipulator. I've been a thief. I've been promiscuous. I've been all these things. But you know what? I know that when I'm weak, I know that I call on him and that I, I can display his strength even whenever I feel those ways because I'm new now. I'm a new creation based off of what Jesus has done for me and in me and through me. And I'm not going to keep wrestling with the old Shelly. I'm going to walk in the newness that he has provided for me through the blood that he shed for me. But I also know that whenever I feel weak, I know that he can come in and be strong. And I want for you to know that he's capable of doing the same thing for you, y'all, because we can't just have cruise control faith. We can't just sit back with our arms behind our head, just wanting him to do everything for us. We have to be used by him. We have to know that it's not just one constant. There's going to be lows and there's going to be highs. And we really just have to embrace them all. I read a quote this week that says, man's extremity is God's opportunity. So the extremity of us is our fingertips, our toes, the top of our head, right? Something that's unreachable. Something that is just right there at the brink, but we can't get to it on our own. 
But that right there, that's God's opportunity. And he's like, look, I know you can't reach this, but I can push it into you. I can grab it for you and even bring it to you. I want you to understand that that's exactly what his strength is for us. It's something we can't access on our own because if we could, we would not need him. We talk about that week after week after week. He wants for us to need him. The second P I want to talk about is product. Um, I think that as Christians, we all know based off of the Great Commission, you know, going and making disciples, that's the product. Saving the lost is the product. We know that we can't save the lost in this world, but we can be used by him to save the lost in this world. We're supposed to be used by him. Um, but, you know, the other product that I think we get here on earth by being believers in Jesus is we get peace. You know, when we walk into rooms and we display his power and other people know our circumstances and they're like, why are you so peaceful? Why do you have so much happiness? Why are you still smiling? They know the divorce we're going through. They know the financial depression that we're going through. They know what's going on with our children. You know, they know these things. But when we display Jesus and what he is in us, then that peace that he gives, that's what is so noticeable. And non-believers are so aware. Even other believers are built up based off of how we are in that. You know, peace is the greatest thing that we get besides our salvation, in my opinion. God wants you to have the desires of your heart. You know, we know in Psalms 37, 4, that that, that's what that verse says, is when you delight in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. And that's not because he's a genie. It's because he loves you and he wants good for you. But someone once told me when I was struggling with this, and she said, whenever God is all you want, you will have all you ever want. You know, like we think that it's all about things and it's not. He wants for you to have things. He wants for you to have success and good health and wealth and prosperity and good marriages and well-behaved kids and raises and all the things. But what he doesn't want is for those things to come before he does in your life. He doesn't want for you, for those things to be the, the premier focus on everything that you have going on. You know, I think that we get that confused sometimes. Um, John eleven twenty six tells us that this life will pass away, but eternity with him will not pass away. And so it brings me back to what I said in the very beginning of the podcast, that we focus so much on our futures instead of our eternities. So we focus so much on our jobs and what we get, you know, and then we get mad and we pray that God get us out of debts that he never wants to get in in the first place. We pray for, about our jobs that we hate, but he didn't want us to need all that money that we have to earn anyways. We put so much pressure in, in situations in our life that he never had intended for us, you know, but then we cry to him to get us out of it. And he does, and he's faithful. But I just want for us to evaluate with this, your purpose on purpose, for you to know that it's something you have to be intentional about. You have to be diligent in. You can't just do a bunch of random things because then you're going to get random results. Be, growing your faith has to be something that you strive to do. Getting to know Jesus. You know, this Bible saying these past seven weeks has done so much for me, y'all. I can't even begin to thank you all for what you've been to me, for me allowing me to even be with you right now as a listener. But it can't be a bunch of random, random randomness in our life. We can't just go to God whenever it's convenient or whenever we want to. We have to do it with intention. We have to do it diligently. We don't need to be so focused on things that don't matter and worry about things that we cannot change. Y'all, we sit back and wring our hands day after day about things that we're never going to be able to change in the first place. I'm going to read some scriptures real quick in Matthew. Um, we're going to be in Matthew 6, 31 through probably around 34. 
It says this, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In Luke, this exact same story, it actually says that worrying will not add a day to your life. You know, if anything, I think worry takes away days of our life. Like how many times have we laid in bed being depressed about something that we could not change? You just let the enemy take a day out of your life and the purpose that God has for you. But because you weren't anchored in God's purpose for you, you let the devil tell you a bunch of lies and you believed him. And you regressed and you got depressed and you laid in bed and you missed out on an opportunity that God would have presented you with. He wants you to be in the position to be able to take advantage of those opportunities, not to let them pass you by. You know, I think about when he says, what shall you eat? What shall you drink? What shall you wear? I think about what we spend our money on. We spend money on what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear, what we're going to drink, where we're going to go, who we're going to go with, right? Like all the bills that pile up on us have so many things to do than just more than survival, you know? Um, But God's like, look, you seek me, you seek my kingdom, you be my disciples, all these other things I'm going to handle for you. You will have all you ever want when I'm all you ever want, okay? That's his promise to us. He promises us he's going to take care of us. Um, One thing I want to address real quick is that your occupation is not your purpose. I think so many of us in our life, you know, we're told like, what do you want to be when you grow up? What are you going to do, you know? And we stay on these things and we identify. When someone asks who you are, you that's your identity is your occupation. But your purpose of growing the kingdom of God is not your occupation. It can be done through your op- occupation. But you need to know that even the job that you have and the title that you hold with whatever it may be, it has to do because God has you there for a reason. And that's to glorify him and to bring others to him. So just stay focused on that above anything else. The last P we're going to talk about is the word persistent. Um, God's love is persistent. God's love is continual. He does not sleep. He does not take vacations. He does not take time off. But instead, he stays persistent with us. He's always seeking after us. He's always pursuing us. Um, Ephesians 6.18, it says that. It says, pray continually. I'm going to read real quick in 1 Thessalonians 5, 5.16 also. It talks about the same thing. 5.16 says this, rejoice always, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. He's telling us, don't stop. You know, other versions say, pray for others continually. You know, it's about being persistent, picking up your cross daily and following him, getting in your word daily because it's your bread and you need it for survival. All these things just teach us how to be persistent, how to keep going after him because he's right there to draw near back to us. You know, I just want for you to understand that staying persistent is what keeps your faith building. It keeps you from regressing and it keeps you progressing. You know, I look at these kind of things as just being normal maintenance, you know, like you change the oil in your car, but you don't seek after God. You brush your teeth every single day, but you don't work on anything inside of your heart to feed your spirit. You know, everything requires maintenance and it's not a burden. If anything, it should be something that you look forward to. And the fact you're even listening to this podcast in this particular episode tells me that you're wanting more of him. You're not doing this because you want to hear what Shelly has to say. You're doing this because you want to receive something from God. And I pray that that's exactly what you have done today. And that's what we continue can continue to be able to do together. Even after this whole It's Bigger Than You is over with, just know there's still going to be other things that you can still keep coming here and listening to 
that's going to be able to feed you. Like, that's my prayer, y'all. Maybe you're one of the ones that's asking that you just don't know what that is yet. You know, you're like, look, Shelly, you're saying my purpose on purpose, but I can't do it on purpose because I don't even know what my purpose is. You know, I think about our kids, like whenever they do something and they make a mess and we walk in and we're like, what have you done? And they're like, look, I didn't do it on purpose. We know that our faith has to be the opposite of that. It has to be something that we're doing on purpose. But maybe you're asking yourself like, look, I don't, I just don't know what that is. I don't understand right now what I'm supposed to be doing intentionally. Seeking God is what you need to be doing intentionally. Praying, asking him. If you don't know what that is, asking, asking with intention, believing that he's going to give you the answer. Maybe you don't feel like you know what that is or or you aren't confident in your relationship with Christ even. The only way to change this is to be persistent in seeking him. It's not that he's not speaking. It's that we may not be listening. Or maybe he's speaking, but it's not the it's not the answer that we're wanting. You know, that right there is the main struggle for me that I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm asking and you're telling, but mm, I need something else. I need a plan B that might be a little bit more convenient and comfortable because I'm not so sure that I can trust that this is the purpose that you have for me. Guys, if you would have told me earlier in this year that I would be on episode 10, you know, talking on a podcast, I would have legit laughed in your face. But at the same time, I don't want to tell him no, because I don't want him to quit speaking to me. And I feel like if I tune him off in my ear, there's going to be nothing for me to hear from me because he knows I'm not going to take it and implement it anyways. And I do not want for that to be you. Maybe his answer that he is removing somebody or something for a better opportunity in your life. You know, me and my husband were talking about how like when God gives us something, we always have to have it with an open hand. It's like if you hold your palm out right now, wherever you're at, hold your palm out and pretend like somebody is placing something in the palm of your hand. You want to grab it, right? You want to hold on to it. But the way we have to do with the things that God blesses us with is whatever he puts in our hand, we cannot clench it because he might take it away. And how God works, y'all, is he doesn't want to take away and leave your palm empty. He might take away so he can put something better inside of your hand. But you wouldn't know that and you won't be able to receive that if you have it clenched. You don't know that the change that he wants to make in you or the, the new thing that he's going to bring into your life. But in order to bring in new, he's got to take out something that's old. And sometimes letting him take out the old is what hurts so bad. I want to encourage you with a verse right here that's one of my favorite verses in all of scripture. It's in Romans 8. And it just, it makes me understand that I don't have to have it all figured out. One of my friends at Bible study this week, she was saying that, you know, sometimes the the three questions that we end every podcast with, we do three evaluation questions. And she was like, you know, Shelly, sometimes I ask myself these questions and I just don't know the answer. And I get frustrated. And my answer to her was like, look, that's how I feel sometimes when he gives me these questions before I even give them to you. But that's the whole point is that we may not, we're maybe not supposed to have the answer. We're supposed to pray about the answer and listen to the answer that he gives us. When it comes to evaluating yourself, you don't need to always have a comeback right right then. That just kind of says that you're a know-it-all in the first place, in my opinion. You may need to be speechless for a minute and say, you know what, Lord, I don't know the answer to this. Help me with it. Seek him. That's what he's wanting this to do, y'all. He's wanting this to progress your faith. He's wanting for you to seek him. And if you, de- if you don't even know what to ask for, I have some good news for you. These verses right here in Romans 8, 26 and 27 say this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts know the mind, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. 
I want you to know that that right there says you don't even have to know what you need to pray for because the spirit inside of you, the spirit is the same spirit of God and God knows the future. He knows what's ahead that you don't know. Sometimes whenever I pray, I'm like, Lord, I don't even know what's ahead and I don't even know how to ask for what I need, Lord, but I know that you know what I need. Please just help me with this. Please just ask God to show me and give me the discernment and the wisdom on how to handle it or, or to, how to prepare for what's to come that I'm not even aware of. Just know that you have that same thing, same thing too. I read a book earlier this year and it was called Pray Big Things. And it opened my eyes so much to that because sometimes I don't pray big enough because I don't know that I'm supposed to. And I'm going to tell you the same thing goes for you. You're not praying big enough things. You're not praying with the mindset that the Holy Spirit has. You're not praying with the heart that is all-knowing like the Spirit has. And so I just want to encourage you to say, you know what, Lord? I want the big things. I want the ultimate things. Scripture tells us in Ephesians that he wants to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. We can't know that because we would be able to imagine it now. So just seek him about that this week. Um, We're going to end with our three questions. The first one's going to be this. Do others see joy or defeat in you when you walk into a room? I want you to think about your posture. I want you to think about your presence. I want you to think about the words that come out of your mouth and what they, are they profanity? You know, like what, what is coming out of you? What are others seeing in you? Do they see a new creation or the same old you? You know, sometimes like if we've been a believer for years, we might need to have just a reset button and that's okay too, to be like, Lord, reset me back to basics. Present to me what I'm supposed to be in you. Help others to see you in me. The second question is, are you being real so others can be reached? I have a friend that she got kind of put out with her husband because he's kind of a tell-all. And I feel like I can even be that way. Sometimes I'm just like an overshare. And she was saying how she just got so annoyed with him. And she's like, dude, like, why do you always have to tell everybody about all the chaos that used to go on or that maybe even is going on right now? And his response to that is because if I don't tell it, they're not going to know. They're not going to know where I've been and how far I've come, you know, because of what God's done for me. So are you being real so others can be reached? The last question is this. Are you seeking the kingdom or what you want your own purpose to be? Back to those verses in Matthew, you know, seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. Is your purpose right now all the things you want to be added to you instead of seeking the kingdom? I think that the only way that we can ask ourselves these and even be able to answer this, them honestly is if we think hard about it. You know, none of us want to tell ourselves that we're not seeking God first. Like that's your cliche Christian answer is like, yeah, of course I am. But like really ask yourselves and dig deep into that because your relationship with Christ and the purpose of growing the kingdom has to be intentional. Y'all it has to be something you're you're seeking after. It has to be something that you're keeping your ears attentive to, that your eyes are open to, you know. Don't ever shut that off. Don't ever look at it either as an inconvenience because the enemy will want you to feel like it is. He'll want, he'll want for you to feel like, like you don't need to, need to be worried about this. You got better things to do. You got bigger fish to fry. But listen to whatever it is that God's telling you to do. I hope that today encouraged you in some way. I hope that by now in these whole seven weeks we've been together, we still got one left, y'all, and I'm so excited for what next week has. Um, I apologize that this podcast has taken a little bit to get to you. We had some tech issues but we're not going to take no for an answer. We're just going to look at it as God wanted us to do it this way. Um, because whoever's listening right now, this is the exact day that you need to hear this. And I'm going to stand um, confident in that and assure you that um, you're going to receive whatever it is that God had for you today. 
And I just ask that you um, dive in deep to know that you can have a relationship with him, y'all. That is what the goal is. And the goal of being a disciple in Christ is that other people will be able to follow him also. To know that you want to look around in heaven and not worry about the car that you bought. You want to worry about the neighbor and be excited that that neighbor that you told Jesus about is right there with you. So I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. And I encourage you that you can have a relationship with the one that created you. So spread Jesus.